0: I'm Kara, and welcome to the Purpose Driven Mom podcast. Here at A Purpose Driven Mom, I believe in parenting with intentionality, but remembering the grace that God gives us to make things new every single day. I know that mom life can be hard and stressful, and it sometimes feels out of control, but here at A Purpose Driven Mom, the goal is to help you create systems and routines to just feel less overwhelmed, more in control of your time, your parenting, your life, and have more joy in your home. Mom life is hard enough. Don't do it alone. Welcome to The Purpose Driven Mom Show. Welcome to episode 51 of the Purpose Driven Mom show. Today I am in conversation with Joanne Crone from No Guilt Mom and we're going to talk about how you can foster more independence in your kids which I'm sure is something all of us would like right now. Before I jump in I do want to read this week's review of the week. If you are picked for the review of the week make sure you email podcast at a purpose driven mom. There we will connect so that you can get your prize. I give away a session at my office hours which is on voxer where we talk about your goals we talk about your dreams your hopes your struggles whatever help i can give you during that one-on-one time this week's review of the week is jl123 and she said motivational and genuine i absolutely love and adore cara and this podcast it's amazing mixture of real and loving and appreciating your life and your kids JL123, thank you so much for that review. If you've left one, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you taking the time to do that. When you leave ratings and reviews, more moms can find the show, Uh, and I appreciate your feedback and anything you want to see more of, uh, let me know. You can just send me a DM on topics that maybe you want me to cover and guests maybe you want to have on the show, and we'll see what we can do. Today, I'm going to share with you this conversation that I had with Joanne. Joanne was one of the speakers at the Purpose of Her Mom Summit this year, and she did such a great job helping us learn how to create homework routines in our homes. Now, school is at home, and everything looks a little bit different, so we decided to gear this conversation around how we can have our kids help out more, how we can let them discover their own passions, and how they can be independent. Joanne is the founder of No Get Mom, and she's the author of the book Drama-Free Homework, A Parent's Guide to Eliminating Homework Battles and Raising Focused Kids. She's a national board-certified teacher with many years of classroom experience, and she runs No Get Mom, where she helps parents raise self-empowered kids. She lives in Chandler, Arizona, with her husband and her two kids. And one of the things I love about what Joanne does is not only does she have resources for us as moms, but she creates courses for your kids. So if right now you're like, I am tired of fighting with my kids about schoolwork, then you need to go to Joanne's site and go find one of her courses so she's going to help teach them how to be independent as well. In this conversation, we talk about how you can release the pressure that we're all under right now as parents to do it all and how by giving your kids choice, you will foster their own independence and creativity. Let's dive right now into this conversation with Joanne Caron from No Guilt Mom. Welcome to episode 51 of the Purpose Driven Mom Show. I'm here having a conversation with Joanne Crone from No Guilt Mom, and we're going to talk all things kids' independence, a little bit about helping them with some of their schoolwork at home, and just how we can have a little bit more sanity while we're all stuck here at home. So, Joanne, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited. Yeah, I know that right now moms are ripping their hair out a little bit, and they could use some space. They you know they could use their kids to be a little more independent uh, and they can use some help. And I know we're going to get all those things from you today. But before we jump in, could you just tell us a little bit about you and your family? So I, uh, I started
1: as, in like the education realm as a fifth grade teacher. And I love my job and I love my students. But when my second child was born, my son, I decided to take a year off mostly because the incoming fourth grade class was known as to be a little bit wild and I didn't want them to start the year with a sub. But during that time, that is when I, I discovered that something was needed for moms who stay at home. During, I felt so disconnected from everyone and everything uh, because I, I didn't have any of my friends staying at home at the time. So I started my website uh, and my business then, but throughout the years, I found that my mission is really to help moms make their kids more self-sufficient and to give them happiness as well. Like growing up, we come from a time where like our moms, they did everything. They did the cooking, they did the cleaning, they worked a job outside of the house and they were expected to do it all like wonderfully and perfectly. And my mom did, like my mom tried that. but she and she was great and i love my mom but i also saw how exhausted she was and how just worn out and tired and i could tell that was not what i wanted in my life and when i became a parent i initially resisted like having kids like it was my husband who wanted it because i saw my mom growing up so tired and having so many things to do and never seeing her Friends, or never having any friends, or never having anyone outside the family, that I resisted having kids. And so, when I started my business, I made it my mission. I'm like, the best mom is a happy mom. We take care of you, we take care of your kids to make them self sufficient. You could do both wonderfully, but it is taking like a new strategy and putting something into place that we did not see our moms do. And so, that that is what I do. I help moms uh, have their best life by providing tools, inspiration, and resources for them. But I also create classes for kids to teach them directly, take one thing off the mom's plate and to make them more
0: independent. I love that you kind of brought up the resistance you had after seeing your mom, because I think that's one of the things that, you know, it's a little bit of pressure, but we create this legacy for our kids of what they picture mom being, you know, whether we have daughters and they see mom needs to be this or sons and they see that, you know, a wife should be doing all these things. And we put this like picture out there for them. And I think that when we're not taking care of ourselves, when we're running ourselves ragged when we're resentful, right. I know I like can be super guilty of that, like slamming a dish, like nobody ever cleans up around here. Like that sort of like we start to create these belief systems for our kids. And it looks like that was kind of what started to happen with you. And you were like, well, let's change things for moms. And I love the fact that you make classes for kids. And I think it is so important because it is hard to teach your own kid. And I think a lot of us are realizing that now. So why was it important for you when you went into this to say like, all right, I'm going to serve mom, but I also want to serve the kids. So be, when I, when I first started creating courses, I, I created
1: them for moms and it just was not working. Something in it wasn't working. Moms were stressed out. Moms were tired. Moms did not have time for another class. And like, I could not blame them for that. Uh, and so I, I reached into my background as an educator. And I like, at this time when I created my first class for kids, which was uh, homework 911, and that was only a year ago. I, I missed being in the classroom and I miss doing like the interacting with kids and really teaching to them. And so I'm like, well, you know, I'm not seeing this really done. What if I just try to make a course for kids, teach them the skills directly and see how it goes. And so it was a really big experiment and it went great. Like the first people who took it, they're like, Oh my gosh, my kids are listening to you. They're excited to do exactly like what you tell them. And it's such a relief off me as a parent, because I, I don't have to nag them. They're the ones initiating all of their, the changes. Like if for homework, 911, it was the homework routine, they're initiating the changes in the homework routine. We don't have to do anything. This is awesome. So that's kind of how it came
0: about. And I think it's true. Our kids will hear something from someone else who they view to be an authority or an expert or whatever they connect with. And they'll do it so much faster than something. Like if I said, I remember I was a teacher as well. I taught high school. And I remember like I could say things to like my homeroom kids, my advisors so many times, and someone else could come in and say the exact same thing. And I'm like, I just, I just said that. But there's like this disconnect, I think, when it's coming, especially from you as a parent. And I know right now trying to do like I call it school at home because it's like not homeschooling. Like we're trying to do school at home, I guess, which is fun. Um, I'm seeing that it's just different because I know that my kids don't act the way they act at home when they're at school. And I think that releasing some of that pressure on ourselves as moms to do it the way a teacher would do it or to do it the way somebody else does it and to ask for help. You know, you mentioned that you were seeing like moms were feeling like disconnected and you were feeling the same way. And I think that in this digital age, it's cool that we can have a place to connect. Why do you think that is though, like this disconnect that we feel sometimes as moms and like this isolation? Why do you think that that's such a problem in motherhood? That's a good question. I think one of the things
1: like we don't have is it's such a hard transition going from being single with like no kids or just being in a relationship with no kids to having kids because not like all of your friends you have when you don't have kids, they don't necessarily have kids the same time as you. And as soon as you have kids, your life changes, your Uh, The expectations you put on yourself change, the amount of time and the like the free will you have changes. And so it's really hard to kind of like ease into that new role and find support for that new role. I honestly like my work was what kept me sane when I had my daughter because I could still have like my work self and that felt very, very different than my parents self. But then when I came home and I stayed home full time, I like lost that part of my identity. So just finding that and searching for that, that's hard. That's a hard process. Uh, And I don't feel like I really, really got a handle on things until I started making friends with the moms at my daughter's school who were, we all had kids the same age they were all girls. We all knew like we we could bond over that. And those have become my closest friendships. Even now, like six years later, I still have those women as friends, but it was that transition point that I think makes it so hard for moms that you have to basically go search out a new tribe.
0: Yeah. Finding community I think is key because you go through this like identity crisis where you're like, I don't I am right now I remember I felt that when I left teaching to work for myself I was like I I literally have just been teaching for 10 years like what am I doing right now I don't know how to do this and then all of a sudden I moved into mom and I'm like I don't know what what I'm doing here and I think a lot of us sometimes um we just kind to default into just trying to like figure it all out and make it look picture perfect and it isn't I think until we find a community of other moms that we start to realize that nobody has it together and it's okay <laughs> Everyone is like crazy and just like making up things as we go along. Yes, but we think we think that like everyone has it together. And so part of what we do then is try to like control everything and make it look a certain way. And I think that ties in a lot to kids' independence because we want things to look a certain way. And I'm sure moms right now, you know, they're trying to make school and distance learning look the way they want it to look. And it's hindering the kids' ability to be independent and find that independence. So how do you think that? that control aspect that moms have can get in our kids' way a little bit when it comes to fostering their own independence? You know, the
1: control aspect is really, really interesting to me because I think it's just because of my teaching background. I have never, like, I think it's buying into the idea that you can control it. Like as a teacher, I knew I had, I had a certain amount of control in my classroom procedures, but ultimately like the kids, controlled how they would react and if they wanted to learn that day or if their home circumstances like really let them learn that day Uh, and so going into motherhood with that kind of mindset that the control is not mine I have no control I I don't have as much control as I would like. And that is okay. That's where the best stories come. That's where like you learn the most. Like I have so many stories about things messing up and those are much more fun to tell than the ones where I got everything perfect, but control it does. it, It hinders kids ability because the best way for people to learn is to make mistakes. And I think as parents, we like are so stressed out ourselves that sometimes I just don't want my child to make that mistake. That's going to give us like 30 minutes in an opposite direction where I could like focus them on one activity now and hopefully get it done. Like it's the wrong kind of mentality to take, but under like situations of stress, that is the one that I default to as well. I don't know about you, but like that, I want to control it. So it's done fast. So we can move on to the next thing right away. And that's hard.
0: I like it done my way. I think that's like the hardest thing for me is releasing that because we want our kids to not have to like be on top of us all the time for things but it takes time to teach kids to be independent and they don't do things the way we want to. And they may not load the dishwasher. And when you teach them that skill or even like, you know, for my oldest, I remember the first time he loaded the dishwasher. I was like, what is happening right now? Like pause. We need to fix. Everything was like upside down. He literally just threw things. And I was like, do you really think this is how it's done compared to my littles who like I need to teach them every step from like where they put their clothes and the patience it takes. And I think the patience and the control kind of, go hand in hand right when I am a low on patience I feel like I up my control like volume a little bit so I'm like all right whatever I'm just gonna do this my way but in the long run I don't think it sets the kids up for success because then they're like great mom will do it for me if I like meander around long enough or like my substance was supposed to be the trash out two weeks ago a couple weeks ago and he just kind of like sort of took the trash outside, but didn't take it to the curb. And then it was like six in the morning and the trash, you know, I was here and I looked I was like the trash cans are my husband went right into his room. <laughs> he woke him up and he said, get the trash cans outside. Like, what And he thought, you know, like he could get away with it because a lot of times maybe I'd be like, whatever, I'll just say, I would have just, I honestly like I'm a sucker. Like I would have just taken it out. Um, So I'm, I'm glad that my husband was like, no, 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 we're going to do this this way. Yeah. It does take a certain amount
1: of patience though to like get kids to do it, right? Like, I mean, chores are a really, really good example because many times like I would think like, oh, like I'll teach them the chore, I'll do it step by step and then they'll do it perfectly. And that's not how it works at all. First, they like, they need to have their buy-in to the chore because like my kids go at a chore, thinking like they do everything perfectly and like they, sh- they should have it like perfectly done. And they get really upset when they mess up or when they don't know their next step. So, like my son, he's just started dusting today. His dusting is his new job. And he was dusting our like stair banister. And he was taking the furniture spray and like spraying it across the living room. And like all of us were coughing. <laughs> it was like the worst dusting job ever. But resulting from that, he saw us coughing. He saw that, oops, this is probably not the way I'm supposed to do it. And then he was much more willing to take a little tip from me on how to do it better. So I'm hoping next time the dusting will be better. But just letting kids make those little mistakes. I mean, that is how we really get them to do the job. Like let them fail, let them fail hard. uh, And then that creates the will in them to want to do better.
0: What are some other ways we can create buy-in? Because you mentioned like have them bought into whatever it is, whether it's a chore or a routine or something that they're working on. Do you have any um, tips on how we can help foster that? Yeah, um, giving choice is like the best buy-in thing
1: there is. Uh, we just started upping the chores in our house uh, since we're home all day and like the house is getting dirty. And I'm like, we are like, I am not cleaning this house. So as a family, we brainstormed like what needed to be done. And then uh, we volunteered. The kids volunteered for their tasks and they got the choice in what tasks they did. My, my son actually volunteered to do cat litter, which I was like, what? <laughs> but he did it and like every day he's like, okay, mom, I need you to get help me with the cat litter and put, get like the garbage can down. I'm like, okay. And he just scoops the cat litter box and it was all his choice. Like there was no nagging for me to do the job whatsoever. But since he chose to do it, he has the automatic buy-in.
0: Oh, I like that a lot. I'm thinking about the mom who maybe has done it all up until this point, right? She has taken care of the home, maybe she's working in the home, out the home, whatever it is. And now, like everyone's been home for a couple of weeks, and she's realizing I don't have to do it all. You know, like everyone's here, but the expectation has maybe been mom does it all, um, which you know is a problem we create for ourselves. How can moms start to transition from that reality that people are used to mom doing everything to, oh, now it's time to help without it being like, I'm, so I make everything a thing. My husband's like, he doesn't have anything. And then no one wants to do anything because I'm like, let's talk about this. And they're like, we don't want to do that right now. So how could moms start to release the control of it and get their families more invested if they've never had their kids helping out around the house or anything like that? So a really, really great book to read that kind of
1: turned the tide for me is Fair Play. Have you heard of this book? It's by Eve Rodri, I think. But it's all about equalizing the amount of chores that men and women do in the house and how women are sometimes expected to do like they put the expectations on themselves that they have to do more. And one of the frequent refrains that women give and this is one that I was guilty of too and like hearing this was such like a punch to my gut because I tell myself that my time is worth less than my husband's because I do not currently make as much money as he does in his job. And therefore, for some reason, I feel like I need to make up for it by doing more in the house when it's just false. Like our time is equal. Like we are both in this relationship together. We have both had these kids. Our time is equal. And so that was a big, big turning point reading that book. I read it on Christmas and I I had an immediate breakdown reading it. Cause at, at that time I had like really gone shopping for all the Christmas presents. I had wrapped everything. I had like rearranged everything with the in-laws and I was just, I was spent and reading that. I just cried so hard and like my husband held me and I'm like, this cannot go on. I am so resentful of everybody right now. That's when we started really making some changes and he's like, well, what can I do? And I'm like, and it just started with one thing start with one thing and get your, your partner on board. Or if you're a single parent, um, get at least one kid on board, the child who is most like helpful. The one thing we started with as I'm like, okay, if like, you can just make sure that kitchen is clean after I make dinner, like just make sure it's clean, like coming downstairs in the morning and seeing dishes in the sink. Like, it's just like the biggest, like, Oh, I don't really like appreciate you. But even though that was not what it was at all, But saying those feelings and telling him exactly what I was thinking, that really started us on the path of equalizing how much we do in the house. And so first, getting your partner on board. And then once your partner's on board, we uh, get the kids on board. And we just had this discussion maybe last week. And I'm like, I think the kids need to do more chores. And he's like, I agree. (laughs) We had a family meeting. And that's when we brainstormed the chores and the kids picked which ones they wanted to do. And my husband and I picked which ones we wanted to do. And we have a list on our fridge and that is what we're doing right now. And so I don't think a process needs to be perfect. I think you just need to start in one place. It doesn't need pretty printables. It doesn't need anything like that, but giving everybody responsibility over the job so that they are responsible for starting it where you don't have to nag. And they are responsible for doing it in a way that gets it done, but may not be the process that you want it done in, but it's done. And just giving them complete ownership over it is so powerful and creates so much buy-in.
0: Oh, I like that you brought that book up because I'm going to have to read it because I know that it's a huge struggle in my audience, but I know that like, I have felt the exact same things all the time. And I'll say to my husband, was like, do I make you feel these things? And I'm like, no, it's just in my head and I can't get rid of it. Um, And I think that now that we're all home, things have started to change a little bit because I always, I would always think like, Hey, if I worked out of the home full time, I wonder how much of this responsibility would fall on me. And now that we're both home, it's been very different. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Okay. We're getting there. And I think that one of the key things you said was just kind of communicating the feeling behind it for you, because You know, a lot of times we expect people to like read our minds and know what we're thinking and it could lead to feeling resentful to your partner, being resentful to your kids, feeling resentful in your role as a mom and in motherhood. But I think by communicating, this is how I'm feeling. These are the things that I would like help with. Where would you like to help? Like, here are the things I need help with. Which one of those do you like? I think is a really great way to just kind of get started on it without feeling like you're forcing everybody to do something, but just saying, this is why I need help.
1: Yeah, and like how you say the feelings too is really important, I feel. Um, Like as a teacher, I used to teach I statements all the time where like your feelings are your feelings. No one makes you have your feelings. They all belong to you. So it can't be like you make me feel this way. It's really like I feel hurt when I see all the dishes in the sink in the morning uh, because like I work so hard and I feel like you expect me to clean them, even though that may not be the case. (laughs) But I always make sure when I'm talking about feelings is put all the feeling on me. And then it's like, My French uh, used to have this saying as a teacher, we used to drop the bomb and then leave. (laughs) And that's kind of what you have to do when you're talking about your feelings. You just, you put it out there and then you see how people respond and you
0: go from there. I've got a great free checklist for you that I want to make sure you snag today. This weekly checklist is the Sunday planning that we do every week in the Purpose Driven Mom Club and that I've used for years to make sure that I start my week feeling centered and focused. In this weekly checklist, you're going to see the exact system that I coach moms through on what to do on Sunday to set your week up for success. You can head to PurposeDrivenMom.com slash weekly checklist and grab it absolutely for free. It is my gift to you to get you starting your week off strong. Once you print it out, tag me on Instagram. I'd love to see it. And if you have any planning questions, just hit up my DM. I'm at a purpose-driven mom. I'd love to see this in action and how it helps you. And I think it's awesome just getting like more responsibility for your kids. Because one of the holdups I see moms having is, maybe not realizing how capable their kids are. And I saw this happening with my youngest. Like I didn't expect them to do certain things or have certain skills. And then I would see somebody else's kid about the same age. I'm like, oh wait, my kids could do that too, can't they? Um, And I think we often don't realize our kids are really capable of doing a lot and helping a lot more than we realize. What are some of... The kind of like first chores that you recommend moms get started with their kids in their homes. And um, what are some of the other ones that your kids do that you find that they pick? Uh, So it was different for each kid.
1: And I kind of looked to see where they gravitated towards and what they wanted to help with. Like, it's so funny with my son in the cat litter. He was doing that when he was like one and a half. He wanted to scoop that cat litter. And of course, that up am like, oh my goodness, like this is not okay. But um, he, he always like wanted just to help with that. So with my kids, like the first thing we did was the kitchen. Like my son loads the dishes and he's very good at it. He's actually better at it than I am. And he's six. And then my daughter unloads the dishes and having them have those separate jobs where it's not constant fighting about them deciding like whose turn is it? Because that's another issue. Those were their really first things. Uh, They do their own laundry. Uh, Every Sunday, they take their laundry downstairs and they put in the washer. They switch to the dryer. My daughter, who's 11, folds her own laundry as well and puts it away. And my son, I help him fold his laundry, but he puts it away. Uh, So those are great tasks to get them started with. And then just kind of seeing like where they want to help and what they want to do and making the chores kind of a family activity at first where they're helping, they're seeing you do it. They're giving a little bit of assistance, and then it's a transition where you're kind of transitioning more and more of the work to them once they know exactly what they need to do because they've seen you do it for such a long time. But it's really looking at at the kid and seeing what exactly they want to help with, and then kind of
0: training them in that thing and getting your in there. And how long do you think a process could take? I mean, I know it's different with every kid. But I think one of the things people think is like, oh, they should figure it like they do it once and then. And then I can walk away from it. I don't need to spot check it. I have my, my daughter will, she um, cleans the windows. And uh, I remember once like I turned around and I was like, what are you doing? And she's just spraying all over there. Yeah. I have to remember you're still four. Okay, let's get back. to Let's, let's ch- check in on these things. So about how long, you know, do you recommend just continuing to check in? Or do you have a process for like, I teach it and then we do it and then you're doing it type of thing?
1: So I, I do follow the, I do, we do, you do, uh, but the time limit varies depending on the task and how motivated my kids are actually like to do the task. So like, I'll do it for a bit and they'll be right there. And then we'll do it together for a while until I can see that, Hey, you know, they're taking out most of this on their own. Uh, They know exactly what's expected of them and what to do. And I've learned (laughs) because I, I used to like have them do it while I watched and that did not go over well. That was like, I don't want to do this. Why are you making me do this? Like it didn't go over well at all. Uh, So now I do it where, okay, I'm going to do this with you and here I'll take part of it. And oh, okay. That's too hard here. Let me, let me take that part. But while I take that part, they're right there next to me, and they're seeing exactly what I'm doing and uh, how I'm like how I'm doing it more effectively than say you know spraying the furniture polish in the air.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think that the other thing I want to touch on is how not only can we help kids just be more independent in things like chores, but right now like we're all in the homes, we're together and we would probably all love for our kids to just do anything independently. And uh, moms have shared like, oh, how do you get your kids to play independently so I can get work done so I can get my household chores done. And I know that's a struggle. Do you have any strategies for helping kids just learn to do things independently, like play or be creative or just kind of like have their own space? The best thing that has worked for us is when my son
1: was like four he would come to me and he's like, mom, I'm bored. And I started telling him, I'm like, okay, you need to go use your imagination. And he'd come back to me crying. He's like, I don't know what imagination means, (laughs) (laughs) but that's like been our phrase. Like you need to go use your imagination and you need to go figure out something to do. And then I walk away. And it was hard at first because I think as parents, we feel like we I don't know where we get this this thought but that we have to entertain our kids to be good parents or we have to like have activities planned all the time to be good parents and it's simply not the case. So when I tell him to use his imagination or you know I can't play with you right now I can't do this I need to work he has to go figure it out on his own and there's going to be crying sometimes and there might be a tantrum and I just have to leave it. I can't I can't get myself involved in it because he needs to know how to handle those like emotions himself. But something that helps working is a time limit. So if I'm working and I, my son's like, Oh, let's go ride our bikes. I would set a timer on my phone for like 20 minutes. And I'd be like, okay, I need to work for 20 minutes. I cannot be bothered during that time because I have to focus and get it done. But after that 20 minutes, then we can go on a bike ride. And just having that end point I think helps him control what he's going to do better. Cause it's not like this stretch of time he has to fill. It's just 20 minutes and he usually comes back and he's, he reminds me exactly when the 20 minutes is over and then I, I go,
0: but having that timer helps. It helps get stuff done. I really like that. I think I might try to use that with uh, my daughter. She doesn't know what to tell time or anything, but we have like one of those okay to wait clocks that we don't really use. So maybe I'll start that. Cause we just started a visual schedule with her today and she's loving it. And so I had to put in like, this is mommy work time. And this is what you're doing. And I let her pick today. It was like, there were three, I don't know, pictures of like Play-Doh puzzles or games. And she was able to pick what she wanted to do. And I think she liked having that control. Like I wasn't making her schedule. I was letting her choose her activity it's going okay. We'll see day, day one. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But I think that adding that little timer element could help. One of the things uh, I did want to touch on right now, because you are pretty well known for like making homework, not a nightmare. And now everything is homework, I guess, because everything is happening at home. What are some tips and advice that we can give moms right now who are probably struggling a lot with distance learning or whatever expectation they feel like, you know, is on them right now to get this school stuff done, that they can make it so that they don't want to rip their hair out.
1: I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that it is not your homework. It's your kid's homework. And it is not your responsibility or it does not reflect badly on you as a parent if that homework does not get done. In fact, the best way to get your kids to do homework is to take like yourself out of the equation and be like, well, you know, it's not my homework. I'm not going to do it. Uh, this is your job and I'm going to let you, you know, do what you want with it. Of course that really what we're saying there isn't, you don't have to do your homework. It's really, I'm not going to be the enforcer of this homework. Now, what I do after that is if my child doesn't complete homework, that is a phone call to the teacher. And I get that teacher like, Having a good relationship with your kid's teacher is so important because as we talked about earlier, kids sometimes don't listen to us. Like a lot of times don't listen to us, but they listen to the teacher and they're a little bit afraid of the teacher and upsetting the teacher. Uh, And so I, I put it back on the teacher and have the teacher be the enforcer of homework, not me as a parent. Uh, So I think moms just uh, breathe, take a really deep breath, know that it is not your work and that if uh, your child doesn't get it done, it's okay. And then lean on the teacher for some strategies. I know my son, I had to get him on a FaceTime call with his teacher who basically told him like, it's okay, you don't have to stress. It's okay if you don't get things done. And he listens to her, but he doesn't listen to me on that. So just taking, taking yourself out of the equation, equation of homework enforcer, letting your kid uh, just
0: work with the teacher on it. And I think especially now, like everything is so uncertain and unknown that sure, there are things that they have to do and there'll be some sort of grades. Who knows what it's really going to look like at the end of the year. But I think we need to take a deep breath and realize like, it's all going to be fine. And I like that you said that, like, this is not a reflection on us as parents. And I think that's the big one. I think so many of us moms, like we feel like the way our kids act, don't act, what they do, what they don't do is who we are. And when you can let that go, I think you can really allow your kids to come into their own independence and you like step back and let them figure it out. Uh, So I think you gave moms like a lot of like permission today to just be like, you know what? You're right. Like I'm not doing the homework. So, you know, this is on you. Yeah. And I think seeing it from a
1: teacher's perspective too, like teachers in the classroom, we do not put a, like a moral judgment on homework or if homework gets done. At like when I was a teacher, I never, ever thought it was the parent's fault that the homework didn't get done. It was always on the child. And that is what I take as a parent too. It is always on my kid. They might, they might drive me crazy when they're, they're screaming at me or they're they're having issues with a problem or they're saying it's too hard. It, it does pull on me. And uh, just knowing that it's not my responsibility and being able to step out of that makes me able to handle it better. And it gives my kids total responsibility over it. I'm not going to come
0: save them on their homework. They need to figure it out on their own. Oh, that's awesome. I am um, think. You gave so many great tips on just the fact that our kids can be independent. Like it's, it's something that they are skilled in doing and we have to just release the reins a little bit right now. Yes, enforce our rules, but release the reins and let them make mistakes and help out and they'll figure it out. So Joanne, thank you so much for just chatting today and the tips that you are giving to other moms. Where can moms connect more with you? So they can find me at my
1: website, noguiltmom.com. And once they get there, make sure to sign up for our parenting vault where you get all these resources and inspiration. And then you'll be connected to me through email as well.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Joanne. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you were able to get some tips to just parent with more intentionality. Make sure you head over to Facebook and join our private Facebook community group. Just search A Purpose Driven Mom and it'll come up. You can also go to momcom slash podcast and you will have access to every single podcast, all the show notes, all the links, all the freebies and all the goodies that I have for you. Thank you again for being a part of the community and I would love and appreciate it if you head over and gave a five-star rating and review. It allows us to find other Purpose Driven Moms, have an impact on them, and I would love to feature you as the reviewer of the week. Thanks again and have an amazing day.